What is it going to take for the Silver and Black to get a victory at Allegiant Stadium versus Kansas City Chiefs and make a major statement? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 24th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We definitely appreciate you in a major way. Our show has really grown uh, really quick, fast, and in a hurry. Over 10,000 subscriptions already to our YouTube page, so we appreciate you for that and also appreciate my man Ari. Without Ari, we have no subscriptions. We have no YouTube page. He makes it happen each and every day, and we definitely appreciate him. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. I do have to apologize if you're checking us out on YouTube on Thursday for crossover edition. Uh, I know it didn't quite look the way it was supposed to look. Uh, normally, you know, it's pretty easy. The communication between the two shows, a lot of times it runs really smoothly. Other times it doesn't, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. So uh, we got through it, though. We made it happen and uh, ready for this Black Friday and a day that I think the NFL really missed. That's Black Friday. It's the first Black Friday that there's actually going to be an NFL game. It's going to be the Jets and the Dolphins. I think that uh, the NFL really missed when they made that schedule. The first ever Black Friday game should have definitely been the Raiders. I mean, we saw on Thanksgiving, we saw the Cowboys, we saw the Lions. Those are traditions. Well, the Raiders should be a tradition on Black Friday, but... Again, that's just me. So we'll roll into today's show, get ready for uh, the weekend, and, of course, Sunday's game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up in segment number three, instead of the calls and texts like I normally have, I had an opportunity to catch up with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. He put out a piece last Sunday before the Dolphins game. Uh, he put out a piece on NFL.com, plus he had a, a little report that he did on NFL Network about what Mark Davis is seeing in Antonio Pierce only through two games. So it was before the Dolphins game. Obviously, the Raiders lost to the Dolphins, but I don't think a whole lot has changed between then and now. So I had a really good conversation about that and a whole lot more as far as Mark Davis and the Raiders are concerned with Ian Rappaport. So you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, I always do it before uh, the game. Always give you the keys to victory offensively, defensively, special teams, overall, what the Silver and Black have to do to come up with a victory. So we'll do that again coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Here in segment number one, just news and notes, whatever I was able to collect over the day or so, and uh, we'll just go ahead and roll that out here in segment number one. Before we do that, though, I uh, do want to let you know today's show is being brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, the Raiders released their injury report for Thursday, but I'll have to tell you, they didn't practice on Thursday. There was no practice. They'll be back at practice uh, today. So their injury report was really just an estimation. So kind of take it with a grain of salt. We will get another injury report later on this afternoon. And then 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's inactive, who's not inactive, who's ready to go for the Raiders. But let me go over the injury report real quick. Uh, and this is what got everyone freaking out when I tweeted it out at your boy Q254. I, just, I rolled out the injury report for Thursday. Max Crosby, knee injury, didn't participate on Wednesday, didn't participate on Thursday. But again, it was an estimation because they had no practice. Safety Marcus Epps, neck injury, limited on Wednesday, would have been limited on Thursday. Andre James, the center, dealing with the knee injury, full participant on Wednesday, would have been a full participant on Thursday. 
Cornerback Jack Jones, knee and a hip injury limited both Wednesday and Thursday. Colton Miller, that's another one to pay attention to. Shoulder injury limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Really need to see him back in the lineup on Sunday. The Raiders really need to get their left tackle. Not that Jermaine Illuminor is doing a really bad job because he's not, but you still need to get your stud left tackle back out there in Colton Miller. Safety Trayvon Merrick dealing with the back injury would have been limited on, well, he was limited on Wednesday, would have been limited on Thursday. Robert Spillane, the linebacker, ankle injury, limited Wednesday, limited Thursday. And finally, safety Roderick Teamer, hamstring full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. For the Kansas City Chiefs, they actually did practice on Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll go over that real quick. Wide receiver McCole Hardman dealing with the thumb injury, did not participate on Wednesday or Thursday. Running back Jarek McKinnon, groin injury, limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Offensive lineman Donovan Smith, neck injury, full participant both Wednesday and Thursday. Legereus Need, the cornerback, knee injury, full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony, same thing, full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. He's dealing with the ankle injury. And cornerback Josh Williams with the shoulder injury, full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. So they're pretty healthy there. Uh, McCole Hardman is, I guess, the one to pay attention to, but uh, he hasn't been getting a whole lot of burn either. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, I think he'll probably be good to go. But Legereus Sneed was the one that you really wanted to pay attention to, uh, but he's going to be a full go for Sunday in that matchup versus uh, Devontae Adams. That should be a really good one. As far as the media schedule for today, we're actually going to talk to interim head coach Antonio Pierce around 1045 this morning in the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So we'll get an update on Max Crosby just to kind of confirm that Max is going to be good to go for Sunday. I have no doubt that he will. But until you actually hear it, right, it was just like, hey, Max is good. <laughs> so we'll ask him. That'll be one of the first questions that we ask him. Either I'll ask him, Vinny will ask him, somebody will ask him real early about Max Crosby, plus just his feelings heading into this weekend's game against Kansas City, a big-time opportunity for the Raiders to make a statement, and obviously a big-time opportunity for him to make a statement to the owner, Mark Davis, why he should be the long-term head coach. Between 12.05 and 12.15, that's when uh, the practice window was open to take pictures and videos, and so I probably won't be there for that. Uh, I've got to do my radio show at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Miracle Mile Mall, and what could go wrong, right? Being in a mall on Black Friday, nothing could go wrong, right? Sure, sounds good. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try to leave a little early uh, to get to that. So I won't be there for practice. And then defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Bo Hardegree will, will talk to the media between 1.30 and 2.05, and the locker room will be open after that. So I won't be able to get any of that. Maybe Vinny Bonsignor will send over some locker room action, and I'll be able to play it on Sunday uh, at Allegiant Stadium as I do my pregame pregame show. It's called Q's Kickoff. Uh, we do that three hours before kickoff uh, right there at the torch on the Coors Light Landing. So if you're coming into town, if you're headed to the game on Sunday, definitely stop by the torch. I'm always up there. Uh, I know they don't open the doors as early as they used to, so my show's actually already over by the time they open up the doors, but I just run up to the press box, drop my backpack there, and then I come back down. Love to hang out and meet and greet with a lot of Raider Nation. So if you're going to the game on Sunday, meet me at the torch. It's just that simple. <laughs> come to the torch, say what's up, chop it up. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to talk some Raider football before the big game, Raiders and Kansas City. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just a couple little news and notes gathered over the Thanksgiving holiday. Not a whole lot to, to talk about. Coming up in segment number two, we got plenty to talk about. Keys to victory in week 12. What is it going to take? You heard the crossover edition on Thursday with Chris Clark, one of the hosts of Locked On Chiefs. You heard what uh, he thinks and uh, we'll talk about what I think and what the keys to victory I believe will be for the Raiders to get a victory over the Chiefs come Sunday. We'll do that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 
if your team wins just like that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options. They got spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. One of my favorites is player props. It just kind of adds a little bit extra intrigue to the game. So that's a, a real good one. And uh, I know a lot of friends that, that win, and they win big with the player props. But maybe you'll go with spreads. Maybe you'll go with over-unders. Maybe you'll do something completely different. It's all on the app, and it's easy to use. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. What is it going to take for the silver and black to get a victory on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, a place where they've done really well this season. They're 4-1 on the season, so home has been good for the Raiders this year. The only loss that they suffered uh, was that Sunday night football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I don't want to bring up old stuff, but a game they should have won, right? No doubt about it, a game they should have won. But again, I don't want to bring up old stuff. So they've been doing really well at home this year. So let's go ahead and jump in. What is it going to take for them to get the win? Offensively, defensively, special teams, and overall. So I'm going to start offensively because that is the biggest bugaboo right now when it comes to the silver and black. They only were able to come up with 13 points last week against Miami, another game that was very winnable. But if you can't score points, you're not going to win. So as I've been told, right, interim head coach Antonio Pierce told me the offense goes through Josh Jacobs. He said he's got to have 20 to 25 touches. So I'll go ahead and take him for his word. Josh Jacobs needs to get 20 to 25 touches. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's got to be uh, running the ball 20 to 25 times. He could be receiving the ball a few times as well. It's about scrimmage yards. It's about getting him involved. As he gets involved in the offense, the rest of the the, the, the weapons that they have, you could really start to open this up. So uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be the key. Kansas City knows that. Their defense is really good, and they're going to try to key in on Josh Jacobs. So how are the Raiders going to get him involved? That's on them. That's on Bo Hardegreed. They're going to have to figure that out. But Josh Jacobs has to be a factor in this game. If he's not a factor in this game, they're not going to win. It's just that simple. Uh, also, the Raiders need to show trust in Aiden O'Connell. I thought it was a bad decision right before halftime to pretty much handcuff him and uh, you know take the air out of the ball and, and settle for a field goal when they had an opportunity to get in the end zone. You want to know who this guy is. You want to win games. You want to, you know, trust in him. The players trust him. That's one thing I do know from talking to the players in the locker room. They all trust in him. They all believe in him. The coaching staff has to put the ultra trust in him. And it might not be that they didn't trust him to make the right play or the right throw, but they just they just were concerned because Miami in that high, high-flying high offense, they thought, okay, they, they make a mistake, get the ball back, then all of a sudden we're out of it. So I understand that. But you also have to make sure that the, the, the player knows that you believe in him. So they've got to go ahead and take the training wheels off of him. Let him go ahead and out there and ride the big boy bike, right? Again, I said it last week that he has to be the reason why they win games. He has to show that he can be the reason why they win games. That doesn't mean throw the ball 50 times around the yard. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that. But there's going to be times where he's going to have to throw that ball into a tight window. He's going to have to make a deep, a deep shot. There's going to be fourth downs he's going to need to pick up. He's going to know when to you know, take a shot deep and win to just pick up the first down. Like, he's got to be able to do that in his mind, and the coaching staff's got to show confidence that he can do that. Bo Hardegree, I kind of mentioned him already, needs to get much more creative as a play caller. Last week's play calling, it looked like he was trying to figure it out. And, look, he's going to have growing pains. He's only been the play caller for three games. It's not easy. That's the one thing I do know. It's not easy to be a play caller. So he's got to try to get in his bag early and get a nice rhythm when it comes to play calling. And then take advantage of opportunities. That's finally the last thing for the offense. Take advantage of opportunities that the defense or special teams creates. Again, I don't want to bring up old stuff, but going back to last week, 
two fumbles, only six points generated. An interception, no points generated. Turnover on downs, no points generated. Terrible punt, great field position for the Raiders, no points generated, right? You can't have all those opportunities and only come away with six points. Not against Miami and sure not against Kansas City. And I know Kansas City's offense hasn't been cooking like it normally is, but they want to get right. Like Chris Clark said on the crossover edition, they want to treat the Raiders like a get-right get game. And he said it with a lot of confidence. The Raiders can't allow that to happen. And so the way to, to not allow that to happen Take advantage of opportunities that the defense and special teams gives you, and they did that on, uh, on Sunday. They got the opportunities. They just didn't take advantage of it. Defensively, I don't have to say a whole lot about the defense. They're cooking with grease right now. You know, give the team a chance to win, just like they've been doing really throughout the course of the season. I know there was a blowout week two against Buffalo, but for the most part, the Raiders' defense has been doing well. They've been giving this team chances to win each and every game. It's just the offense hasn't done their end of the bargain, haven't held up their end of the bargain, which has blown my mind. But the offensive line's not opening up holes. It's not protecting the quarterback. The running game's not getting going as, as well as it should. But just keep doing what you're doing, right? And, and I mentioned Kansas City's offense isn't just flying around and, and putting up big numbers like they traditionally have. So you got to limit the explosive plays. And the Raiders are really good. If you go and look at the numbers, defensively, they're really good at eliminating and slowing down the explosive plays this season. I know Tyreek Hill went off on Sunday with Miami, but – that was really the only guy that went off for Miami, right? Everyone else was kind of held in check, and the Raiders have been done a, a really good job defensively eliminating the, the, big, the big deep shot, right? I mean, as far as uh, passes that go 20 or, th or more yards, I think they're first in the league. If they're not first, they're right up there as far as defending those plays. So the Raiders have done a really good job. Their secondary's been doing good, even though there's no one that's a real standout in that secondary outside of really Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs has been playing really hard. Marcus Peters, we all question him and his tackling efforts. I won't say tackling ability because, well, we haven't seen his ability. We've seen efforts, <laughs> and it's not been a very good effort, right? Ja'Korian Bennett's learning on the fly. Amik Robertson didn't really get any burn against Miami. He was coming back from that concussion. Antonio Pierce said he tried to save him from him. So I expect to see more Amik on Sunday. But oh, those guys have been pretty good, even though, like I said, they don't really have a big name, no big names in that secondary. They've been playing pretty well. Create a turnover or two, right? That's a key. Get a couple extra possessions for the offense. Keep Kansas City to around 20 points. And that's what they're averaging giving up, about 20 points per game. If they can keep Kansas City around 20 points, they've got a huge opportunity to win this game. Special teams, A.J. Cole's been in his bag all season. He's like the best punter in the league. He's been flipping the field at an alarming rate, right? He's, he is, I don't know, he's already great. We already knew how great he was. Guy's a pro bowler for a reason. But, man, he's been in his bag. So let him just keep flipping the field. Sometimes a punt is the best play that they can make. You know, it's better than a turnover, that's for sure. Cash Money Carlson, well, I call him Cash Money for a reason. Keep being Cash Money. And then the kick return, punt return. Let's get a little juice again. Get a little juice going, right? DeAndre Carter, whoever's back there, get, get something. Get, set the team up for a good field position, you know, once or twice. That's, that's a huge momentum play. You pick up a, you know, you, you get the, the punt return, you take it to midfield. All of a sudden, that energy, especially in your home stadium, is really pumped up and really flying around, and, and guys are fired up. So got to use that kick return or punt return to your advantage. doesn't have to be every play. I don't expect them to, you know, take one to the house each and every play or whatever, but just one big play, one big momentum boost. Do it by the way of the special teams. And then overall, one thing I'm not concerned about is these guys going out there playing with their hair on fire. That's the one thing Antonio Pierce has shown since he's been the interim head coach. Those guys are going to go play with their hair on fire, right? Hell, I've been ready to go play, and I would get hurt. <laughs> right? I want to put some pads on and try to run through a wall, but I know the wall would win. But he's that kind of guy, that infectious personality. He'll, he'll get you. He'll get those guys to come out of that locker room, uh, like I said, full blaze, hair on fire, and that's all you could ask. 4-1 at home, I mentioned that. Continue to build what you got going on at Legion Stadium. 
It's been a long time since I've been able to say that they all of a sudden are, are playing good ball at home consistently. They've done that this year. Score at least 24 points. I said you got to hold Kansas City to around 20. You got to be around 20 as well, preferably 24. You get 24, you're going to win the game. Now, I mean, I already picked them to win the game, but you score 24, you're going to win the game. And Coach Pierce, Coach Hardigree just continue to evolve. That's all they can do. This is only going to be their fourth game together as the interim head coach and interim offensive coordinator. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be questionable calls that we, we both question or we all question. I'll be asking them about it on Monday, but that's okay. These guys are growing. They're growing together. So those are the keys to victory right there. You do something like that, the Raiders go out there and execute something close to what I just said, they'll end up 6-6 six and six overall and make a huge statement in the NFL. That's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, you're going to hear my conversation with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. It was really great to catch up with him. I caught up with him on Wednesday uh, on my radio show, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, uh, and had an opportunity to talk all things Antonio Pierce, Mark Davis, the Raiders organization. Really good stuff. So I want to bring that conversation to the table. You'll hear that in segment number three after I tell you about the title sponsor of this show, which is Game Time. And if you're headed to the game on Sunday, you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying your tickets to that event, right? You should be able to get the tickets last minute and still get a good deal. Well, the good thing is you can with game time. They got the hookup for you, not only on tickets to football games, not only tickets to basketball games or whatever event it is that you want to go to. I mean, you can go to the theater, you can go to, you know, musicals, concerts, whatever the case may be. They've got tickets to everything and they have last minute tickets. They've got the flash deals. They got zone deals. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And the best thing about it is you're not guessing where your seats are. You get views from all the seats in the venue so you know exactly what you're buying when you buy it. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and a whole lot more. Well, how do you do this? Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you got to create that account. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. For twenty dollars off, and for the folks in the background and the back in the back row, the background and the back row, locked on NFL is the promo code L O C K E D O N N F L. Download uh, the Game Time app, create that account, and do it today. Uh, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Your locked on Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Going to close out the week real strong with this interview I did on Wednesday with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. It was great to be able to catch up with him and make that work uh, on Sunday before the Dolphins game. Uh, I was watching NFL Network, as I always do. I always flip back and forth between ESPN and NFL Network and just get all the information possible. I heard the report from Ian Rappaport, and I actually played it on Monday's podcast. But if you didn't hear that or you missed Monday's show or you just forget what he said, he was talking about what Mark Davis Davis had noticed about the team under Antonio Pierce. So uh, we're going to play that first. It's about a minute long, and then you'll get right into the, the interview that I did on Wednesday on Red Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness with Ian Rappaport. Check it out. Here we go. How can you not feel that energy? Certainly that is something that Raider Nation and specifically owner Mark Davis has noticed. Yes, Antonio Pierce is now 2-0 as the interim coach. Calling back to a couple years ago when Rich Basaccia as the interim coach led this team to the playoffs. Now, Mark Davis has not specifically laid out what Antonio Pierce needs to do to keep the job. Here's my understanding. As I mentioned, he has noticed the energy. He has been surprised, but definitely impressed by the 2-0 start. 
And of course, Davis has taken the temperature of the locker room really all throughout the season, including before he fired Josh McDaniels. Several of the key players, Devonta Adams, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, love Antonio Pierce and are fully on board with him. As Mark Davis has told people this week, last week was the first real, true Raiders home game based on what it felt like in a long time. Joining us now on the phone lines from NFL Network is Ian Rappaport. You can see him on the special Thanksgiving edition of NFL Game Day morning, Thursday, 7 a.m. Pacific time, again on NFL Network. And uh, Rap Sheet, thanks so much for giving us some time this afternoon. I was reading your piece on Sunday morning about Raiders owner Mark Davis and how he's feeling about interim head coach Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce. And then we just heard your report as well. From your understanding, what is it that has really caught Mark Davis's attention the most? You know, I think it's the energy. And, you know, interim coach is tough, right? Because it's not like you're going to redo the schemes. And obviously, a, you know, essentially a linebacker coach is certainly not going to redo the schemes. And that's not really what it's about, right? I mean, the Raiders have competent coaching on defense. Competent coaching on offense, despite what it's looked like at sometimes. It's really about just getting everyone to play the right way. And obviously, the Raiders made a move away from the Raider way, going to the Patriot way the last two years. That did not work. Uh, it didn't look good. It, it, you know, everything was kind of wrong. And I think for Raiders fans, you know, it felt to me, and you probably would know this better than me, but it felt to me like they sniffed it out pretty early that they were like, all right, like, is this really the brand of football that we're going to be watching? And I think when Antonio Pierce came in and when he kind of re-energized things, it's like he took the mentality that he played with and brought it to the field, and the players felt that. And, you know, again, you're not going to reinvent anything, but it did look a little different, and I think that was really welcome. How much of the fact that he just seems like a real leader and obviously a guy that's been there, done that as a former player and a Super Bowl champ, but just kind of that leadership, almost similar to what we see with Dan Campbell in Detroit. How much do you think that that kind of plays a factor into what Mark Davis is looking at? Yeah, I do think it plays a factor. And I do think, you know, it's nice to have a coach that's sort of a rah-rah leader, but, you know, there has to be more to it, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, you can have a coach standing up in front of a room and he yells and everyone gets cheers and then you go on the field and two minutes later you kind of forget it. Like, <laughs> that's just the reality of what happens. What really needs to happen is his leadership needs to permeate through the locker room and needs to go to other players. So the guys that were sort of like disengaged, let's say, the Josh Jacobs, the Devontae Adams, you know, those guys need to kind of pick up and, and not just listen to the coach, but take what he's saying and, and help the other players see it and feel it and play like it and all that. So it's not the coach standing there. It's, you know, the coach reaching the other players and making sure that they help reach other players. That's how you get a real functional team that kind of stays motivated throughout the season. And in your piece, you mentioned uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia from 2021 when he guided the Raiders to the playoffs. How much do you think that that kind of plays a factor where Mark is like, you know what, let me pay attention a little bit more to what the players are saying and, and what this coach is doing for me because of that situation? Yeah, we're not going to know for sure until they get through the whole process, but like, I do wonder if Mark Davis looks at the Rich Passaccia situation and goes, you know what? I didn't learn. Like, I, I, I shouldn't have done it, shouldn't have made a change, should have just stuck with what worked. Let's do that this time. Now, we don't know if this is going to work. Obviously, the early returns are good. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure if this is going to work. Um, but I do think he's open-minded and, and sort of like, you know, listening to the players a little more than he did. Because I think if you had pulled the players after 2021, they might have said, let's keep Rich Versace. Players don't always know, just like 
players don't really know what their injury is going to be. You know, they leave the locker room and they say, oh, it's fine. And they miss a month. Like, you don't always know. Mm-hmm. But at least I think this time their voice will be heard. Talking right now with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, NFL Insider here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So the Raiders played Miami tough on Sunday. They lost, you know, so they're 5-6 and six on the season. And, you know, your report came out before that game. And so I've been letting mm-hmm. everyone know that, that, hey, the report came out before that game. But what do you think, realistically, Antonio Pierce needs to prove these final six games to try to get that interim tag removed? See, I think we'll know, right? Like, we, you know, you and I can talk and the fans can talk and people can call in. Oh, that's fine. And, conjecture and whatever but usually you know right because like the product will be on the field or it won't be you know if the Raiders like when Rich Passaccia took over it was I think there was three and one right weren't they three and one when Gruden got fired yeah just about right. that yep um and took him to the playoffs which is amazing but like took a good team kept it good this would be even more so this would be taking a bad team and making it viable like they were three and five and if he makes the playoff, like that's an even bigger accomplishment just because of where the team was. So to me, you make the playoffs, then I think that's probably good enough. If you don't make the playoffs, then it's going to be a, you know, what can you take from the season and what have we learned? And I think then it's maybe an even tougher decision. And just to be clear, the interview process still has to happen at the end of the season regardless, right? Whole process has to happen. Okay. And, you know, it can't be really a sham process like it was with group. It has to be a real process. Right. Right, the real deal. Open it up. Bring people in that are you know viable candidates, and try to really see what they can do. So, with that being said, what about interim GM Champ Kelly? I know he's really highly respected around the league. Uh, what are you hearing from your people about Champ and his opportunity to be the GM of the Raiders long term? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating discussion. I mean, I think you know if Champ Kelly was in another organization and had the exact same credentials, that would be the kind of guy you'd consider for GM. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He is he is a good scout. He sounds good. Good face of a franchise. Has great resume. Does it the right way. Like, that's exactly the kind of guy you would definitely consider. You know, I don't know if the fact that he was brought in by Dave Ziegler will help or not. The reality is, like, probably shouldn't have fired Ziegler. You know, like, probably should have. I mean, God didn't even get to choose his own quarterback. Only had really one draft class because you did the Devontae Adams trade before. You know, I don't, to me, that seemed odd. So I don't know that it should be held against Jam Kelly because Steve Ziggler didn't exactly do a bad job. Like, we have no idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine he'll get real consideration. You know, can he keep it? I don't know, but I think it'll be real consideration. Again, Ian Rappaport is with us from NFL Network here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. I mentioned that you were coming on the show and we had someone text in and say, hey, just in case, and this should not be the deciding factor, obviously, but if the Raiders were to hold on to Kelly and Antonio Pierce, is there any kind of draft pick compensation? Did that qualify or is that because they're already part of the organization does not qualify? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I don't believe it qualifies. That's a good question but I don't believe it qualifies because they're part of the organization. Right. But I honestly don't know. And I don't, and I don't think it's come up before, but I'll ask. Yeah. I'll ask and I will text you. Guys. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, you know what? And I good thought question. I, was in the good question. I thought I had a great answer that I thought, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, because again, it's not the deciding factor. It should never be the deciding factor. And the Raiders have always been the, at the forefront of diversity, which I thought has, has been awesome. And Sandra Douglas Morgan is the team president. So it would be so on brand for the Raiders to do that anyway, because everyone's qualified. I think that would be huge. Right. If San, you know, with Sandra Douglas Morgan as a president, if you 
you have Champ Kelly as the GM and Antonio Pierce as the the head coach. That would be historical in the NFL. What what would your thoughts be on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it has, has happened before, um, but you know, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be cool. And, and you're right. I mean, Raider Nation has been at the forefront of diversity, whether it's female, black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. like. One thing about Mark Davis is I really, I shouldn't say he doesn't care what race or gender or ethnicity or anyone people are because he does care in a good way. Right. I just don't, uh, he, he is open to anyone who is good. And I think that has not always been the case in America. It's not always the case in the NFL. Mark Davis has always done that part of it right um, and definitely should be commended for it. And I think, you know, if this current leadership is kept in place, it will be it's because not because of what race or anything they are, but because that's what he believes is best for the Raiders. So there it is right there. Really proud of that interview with Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. It's not every day that you get rap sheet on your show, <laughs> right? And so I uh, was able to make that happen quick, fast, in a hurry. And shout out to all the folks at NFL Network that uh, assisted in that as well. But uh, some really good stuff. And clearly, Mark Davis is paying attention to what's going on inside the organization. He's paying attention to what the players are saying, the guys that are wanting to go out there and compete for Antonio Pierce. Uh, I think it'd be a hell of a thing if Antonio Pierce can get the job, Champ Kelly could get the job, even Bo Hardigree. You know, if they feel comfortable with him, you know, just those guys that have tried to, you know, right the, right the ship the rest of the way and keep that thing afloat and even successful – you know, if they get that opportunity to do it long term. And there's a couple things that he cleared up there. I know there's reports floating around that Mark Davis can take off the interim tag anytime he wants and make Antonio Pierce the full-time head coach. There's actually people that I sit with in the media room that are reporting that. That is false. <laughs> that is false. That's why I asked the question, as you heard, to Ian Rappaport. That is not true. You have to go through the interview process. Now, just like with anything, you could already know who you're going to hire, but you have to go through the process. You can't just say, all right, hey, AP is our guy. We're going to pull off the tag, and he's going to get a three-year deal. You can't do it. They've got to go through the interview process. And uh, and also, uh, I asked Ian Rappaport about the compensation because I was asked here on the podcast, you know, do you get a compensatory pick or any kind of pick if Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce uh, were to get hired full time? And he didn't have the answer, as you heard, and he said he would text me. Well, he did. He texted me right after that and said the people that he checked with said, no, you don't get any kind of draft capital, any kind of, uh, you know, compensatory picks for that because who are you getting the picks from? Right. So that's that was the thing. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're hiring them away from the 49ers or they're hiring them away for the Broncos. Then the, the, the Broncos would be, you know, basically not not penalized, but the, the compensatory picks would come from the Broncos or whatever team they were hired away from. But they're already in house. So there is nobody to get the compensatory picks from. So I thought it was a great answer. And that's why I wanted to ask him because I didn't know it. Uh, and then, you know, him to follow up and say, hey, I'll check and I'll give you a text. And then he did. I thought that was cool. So, no, there'll be no compensation. That shouldn't be the reason why they hire him anyway. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it, it was a good thought and it was a good question. So definitely appreciate that. But that's going to do it for today's show. Raider Nation, hopefully you're, you had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully your Black Friday is going really well. Stay out of traffic, <laughs> right? Don't get crazy in the stores. I know everyone does everything online now, so I don't think there's that craziness in the stores. Uh, again, I'll be at the Buffalo Wild Wings at uh, the Miracle Mile Mall uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. And then I'll be at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Right and early on Sunday, man. Excited about the opportunity. Q's kickoff will be three hours before kickoff. Uh, then JT the Brick and Eric Allen will do the official pregame show. That'll lead you right into kickoff. And so if you're in the stadium, if you're around the stadium, 
come through. Coors Light Landing, right there next to the torch. I'll be hanging out before the game, and so I'd love to have an opportunity to meet you. So, Raider Nation, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you're enjoying your family, uh, especially in, over the holidays. It's always nice to enjoy your family a little bit more. And uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk again on Monday here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. As always, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.